Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to a new series of the podcast where we dive deep into all things tech. We've put together quite a team to share their insights and we wish you enjoy it. Don't forget to like, comment and share the podcast wherever you listen. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the new series. Uh, we've got Izzet with us all the way from Malaysia. Tariq from Manchester or Manchester area. Taj, you're here with me in East London. How are you all doing? Yes, very speak well. at once, <laughs> yes, very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. Just behind a busy morning to try and get onto the pod. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, you guys good? Is it, Taj? Yeah, all good, Alhamdulillah. Thanks for having us again. No, no, you guys, welcome to the team. This is a brief interaction on everyone, I guess. Uh, Taj, Tarek, Izzet have all been on the pod recently. Uh, Taj, probably most recent. Izzet, as you all know, uh, is a professional mechanic out in Malaysia. He's been on several times now. Tarek runs events uh, and is a long-distance rider, I guess, uh, while recovering as well. Um, and he's up north. And uh, we've come together, basically, for uh, a regular show now, um, a new series, talking all things tech, all things, uh, or rather deep dives into all things uh, cycling and things related to it. Uh, so today's episode or show is all about uh, current or new tech coming out. Uh, so just a quick run through of what we're talking about. Um, we will be diving into the Conago, the new new release of the V4RS, uh, the Aero Coach Onyx handlebars, trends of 2022, and where we think road cycling is headed, um, and then just the state of the cycling economy right now, and then a few potential future, um, how do you say, uh, releases from uh, Cannondale and SRAM. So uh, why don't you start us off then, Is it uh, talking about the new Colnago? Oh yeah, um, the Colnago, well, the new Colnago V4S. Um, have you have you worked on one? Um, is I've it... worked on a lot of V3 RS, um, and I've worked on C68 as well. Okay, so I'm quite I'm quite lucky. Yeah, uh, so I've worked on them. Uh, but from like I like like if you put like V4S and V3 RS, um, side by side, like I it's it's really hard to tell which one is which. To be yeah. honest, um, yeah, because like uh, yeah, we built. Um, like I've at least built four um V three RSs, um uh uh where it, it at the place where I work at the moment um, but yeah in terms of like a from an aesthetic uh, standpoint the only obvious difference is that the integrated cockpit they're the same one that comes with the C sixty eight yeah other than that from an aesthetic standpoint I personally think they look um exactly the same uh, exactly the same right yeah. And um, uh, it'll be the bike that Pogacar rides in the Tour de France, hopefully or potentially to victory uh, this coming year. They had five prototypes and uh, obviously they've settled on this now. Um, they've talked about, for the first time actually, I, I feel like Konago with the new um, takeover of the Venture Fund, they're, they're kind of headed in a different direction. They're more following uh, the bigger mainstream brands like Specialize, etc., um cycling tips were talking about how they released for the first time uh data on their new bike they were talking about how it's stiffer more comfortable this many watts saved in terms of aerodynamics and that's not something they've done per uh, previously they've always uh tried to uh 
market themselves as a luxury brand and it's it's always been how um how do you say like this is what we're presenting to you and um you're going to love it and and now they're yeah. kind of taking yeah. a different tact they're becoming more mainstream i guess um and they're kind of adding figures uh, so uh, it's interesting where Konago is headed. Um, yeah. It's a bit sad as well, you know. Um, it's a change <laughs> of the tide, uh, but it's also a change of the times as well. Go on, is it? That, that's right. Like I think, I think the the V series is meant to be like a bit more performance oriented, yeah. um, uh, performance oriented compared to like the the C ranges, like your C sixty A's, your C sixty fours, and you know the whole C ranges a bit yeah. more, I guess, like a what do you call like a luxury stylish. Uh, aesthetic kind of bikes whereas uh, uh the, the the v4 rs or the v series the previous one the v3 rs um they're more a bit more like a like a like a performance oriented uh racing oriented and they're pushing the pro pro the the pro teams the world tour teams to be riding the the v series rather than the c series so like okay so now that obviously all the other brands like specialized as um uh the s-works the the the, the cervellos um, what else? Uh, yeah, Trek, yeah, Trek. Cannondale, yeah, all all brands, right? They they're pushing out all these 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 data, and then obviously, and then Colnago obviously wanted to to make uh, the V4s to be more appealing to these um, quote unquote tech geek, aero geek, numbers geek, right? All right, so uh, I'm looking for a new racing bike. Okay, so these are the aero data from like the SL7 Tarmac. These are the Trek Madones uh, data. These are what do you call Cervelo S5's data, but I cannot see any V4S data. Mm, yeah, so um, is it just purely by feel the bike rides? Like I need to know how fast it's going. I need to know how much um, like. Uh, improvement in terms of lateral stiffness. How many torque has it increased? How by how many percentage? So I think that that is why for these particular V4s they're producing these these numbers. And then when you look at the C68 when they launch, none of this is being talked about, right? Yeah, like yeah. yeah, they they put some really nice titanium lugs. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty stylish because that's the whole idea of the C series to to be like you know make it look pretty and and stylish and writes yeah. nice like yeah who it's cares a piece of art that? right like the c series yeah. um but guys yeah. like Tarek taj i'm just uh wondering like are you buying a konago um based on the data or is it like a uh statement almost uh what are your thoughts taj Tarek? would you would you consider one yeah. so yeah, i mean all right go on then is uh Tarek, yeah. yeah no i was gonna say yeah i mean i think Whenever I think of Colnago, I think of a, like a company bike sort of heritage, obviously Italian, um, and you kind of look at that more tr traditional type of company. Um, so I would say, I mean, I've considered buying like a C64 before, uh, but kind of hesitated on it. Um, I mean, I like like the lug kind of thing, but maybe because it's just a bit What's different. <laughs> Yeah, for, from my perspective, I think, um, is it like you mentioned, like the Colnago, the C-Series is more of a traditional kind of bike. Obviously, Colnago has a deep-rooted history in building steel frames, right? Yeah. All that lug construction and, you know, round tubing, um, traditional, relatively traditional geometry. And obviously, over the years, they've had to kind of adapt to making steel frames now made out of carbon fiber, right? 
So they've tried carrying over a lot of the styling, a lot of the uh, manufacturing uh, to 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 be adapted to making carbon fiber work. So that's where the C68 is still, or the C series in general, uh, still kind of sits, right? So for the people that have you know ridden those bikes before uh, or have raced those bikes before, um, they feel more at home using a bit more of the newer technologies, right? Whereas these uh, this V series, which is more of their aero aero performance race bike, all out race bike, right? These are these these bikes that feel more um, built from the ground up to be in line with the other performance oriented bikes that you have from the big brands like Trek. Um, Tej, my, my my question to you, Tej, like if you're after a performance bike, are you are you is does Konago come to your mind, um, or is it still mm, posh luxury? I, I would say no. Uh, it's still for me it still seems like a boutique brand right yeah. um i mean the frame set price of this is what five <laughs> over more five than, thousand more than euros? five grand yes. yeah five yeah, grand yeah. that's that's out of the price range of most yeah people. specialized s works is three and a half if i'm not mistaken um yeah so yeah, yeah. Ma- the new madone is is close to five i believe um here in the uk yeah. um if you can get your hands on one that is uh so i think there's a there's a trend here as well uh prices are going up i imagine the new sl8 when it comes up that'll be close to four and a half five grand so in that sense it, it, while it's a boutique brand today it might not be in in a year or two um but well it'll, it'll still price out all of us i guess but <laughs> uh yeah it's um changing times though um and i'm not sure I'm not sure I quite like it. I like the fact that there was a brand out there still uh, rocking. I guess Campagnolo is changing hands as well, in a sense. Um, they're headed more towards following Shimano and Strand. But I do love the Heritage brands, and uh, we'll go into all of that later on. Uh, we should move on slowly to the new Onyx handlebars by AeroCoach. it was there literally a day before its launch. Um uh, Tarek, uh, would would you buy something like this? Uh, something that will give you all out performance over all things? Um, no, so I mean, was I to look at this? I mean, I think obviously that there's a there is a kind of one thing is that obviously quite a lot of the handlebars that come on bikes are obviously the wrong size for most people. Um, but I think shrinking it down to this level personally is not something I probably do. Um, uh, I might go down a little bit. I mean, I do like the flared handlebar approach on like road stuff um i know this does have that but yeah it's probably not something i'd probably get into myself not kind of this extreme person you you probably had a deep dive into this uh would you would you would you consider getting one i was considering of getting one (laughs) (laughs) do they ship to malaysia just yet yeah, yeah. Obviously, the ship were white. Yeah, um, I've seen it firsthand. Like, oh, I, yeah, nice. I've, okay. Yeah, I've I've seen this firsthand. I've felt it firsthand. Um, uh, yeah, like I've I've actually seen it before all the cycling media posted about this. Oh, nice. So I was really lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was basically on my way to Man- Manchester. I mean, to Wilmslow when I was in the UK. Um, yeah. on my way to Wilmslow, so we thought we stopped because it's it's literally like halfway to yeah. Wilmslow or Manchester. So we stopped halfway uh, to see. We thought it was a shop, but it's literally just an industrial office. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, uh, the the era coach owner, uh, Xavier, and one of his uh, one of his staff, uh, Jessica Rhodes, 
um, we had a bit of a chat and obviously as a, as a business owner who was passionate about the business and really excited about uh, whatever he has developed. So he just brought out and showed uh, me and my friend uh, uh, this new AeroCoach Onyx uh, 32 centimeter handlebars. It's, yeah, it's the stiffest handlebars I've ever tried to flex on. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's not exactly aero. They, they actually claim it's not aero at all. It's just the fact that it puts you in such an aero position. Right. Um, that is, that is true. That is true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the biggest drag is the rider. It's just no two ways about it. Right. Uh, like you can make the bike really aero and everything. Obviously the, 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 like the aero handlebar helps when you look at the, the wattage saving, it goes like 10, 10, 15, 20 watts, depends on what speed you're going. Um, but at the end of the day, like by putting yourself in an aero position, which this aero coach Onyx 32 centimeter handlebars is trying to put you in at like, probably like, uh, 25, uh, uh, 20, 25, uh, miles an hour, miles per hour, or like 45 K an hour. It saves miles you about, probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's probably, uh, it's probably going to save you around close to 40 Watts. So, so, yeah, but it's like I don't know how many years you got to train to sit to get yourself another. <laughs> Come on, mate. You're, you're a coach, <laughs> you know. Forty watts is not an easy get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting. They they they're going for this flare look, right? Uh, so the drops are what thirty eight. Thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, again, if, it's, if it's, it's if anything, if it's dodgy as anything, just spring on a thirty two. It is anywhere. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. 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 But it's interesting. Like um, I, I'm not. Uh, call me a luddite or something but i quite enjoy the old school look of bikes now we're gonna have like uh <laughs> you could say riders cramped over the handlebars super aero um yeah i don't know I, I i'm not a huge fan but i can see the benefits and i'm sure it'll be a road in a road race close to us very soon yeah it's a very niche market though it's like people that likes to go on breakaways and yeah um but 32 yeah 32 that is yeah i don't know like i was considering but i'm just like second guessing i was about to add to card and you know pay for it i'm like uh, i don't know about 32 centimeters yeah yeah <laughs> i but, probably had 36 or 34 but i don't know about 32s though so are yeah. they the only are they I the only with, yeah go on, sorry. Yeah, i was gonna say i think so with the new track um some madone as well they obviously added um, air optimization in it but actually quite a lot of that came from the handlebar as well ah, so, okay. so so they've actually gone for a similar so not as extreme but similar so actually when you look at when you actually look at the amount of watts that you save through the new summer dome most of that comes from the from putting the rider in the right position so they've gone for the flared um, handlebar as well so it's cut it's probably not 32 centimeters but i think <laughs> for some for someone who's taking say a um, 42 centimeter, it, it would go down to 38 on the tops, okay. and then back to 40 at the bottom. So again, it would go on that flare. So Light was, flare, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was quite interesting that actually it wasn't necessarily the big hole at the back that necessarily was going to bring uh, them loads of new gains. Interesting. Although that there was, it was actually most of it was from the rider position because of the handlebar. Gotcha. Mm, is it? Yeah, have because, you seen? Have you seen other brands? offering 32 i haven't personally but no definitely not yeah it's, probably it, it must be there's yeah. another one that offers like a 30 uh, i can't remember I, i've seen 
Um, I've seen this handlebar mentioned in one of um, uh, NorCal cycling oh, yeah. videos. Yeah, yeah. In one of those, like, uh, what can you buy or what do you want to buy or with a certain amount of money? I can't yeah. remember. He mentioned like a 30 centimeter handlebars. I forgot what brand what it is. Uh, yeah. 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 I've, uh, yeah. I've heard narrower. Yeah. I know like the, the likes of Dan Bigham and et cetera, there's a small crowd within the UK professional scene who, who have been pushing this for several years, in fact. And uh, a lot of people scoffed at them when they first started. And here we are discussing <laughs> right. uh, it becoming a trend. Um, so super interesting. And that's where we are headed in 2023, I imagine. So Taj, do you want to talk us through uh, the road trends that we've seen in 2022 and how that will de develop in 2023? Yeah, some of the, I mean, obviously, like you've said, uh, the cockpit designs, integrated cockpits is becoming more of a thing now. More and more bike brands are coming up with their own um, integrated stem uh, handlebars. Um, uh, you know, disc brakes is now uh, the go-to. There's, there's no other options, right? Yeah, that's the only way. Um, tires, um, obviously, you know, everyone's moving over to tubeless, so more tubeless uh, compatible tires now. Uh, wider rims um wider well, tires to match yeah yeah wider tires to match so i think hookless rims as well now so i think the the tires itself have to be compatible with hookless rims as well okay so I think, um what is it the gp5000 which was notoriously known for having you know beaded uh hooks on the on the thing on the tires they're now compatible with hookless rims as well i believe yeah um, so it's interesting, like uh, the new release of the Demane, the Trek Demane. Um, I don't think you can purchase it just yet, but they've updated the Demane. So that's the Trek's endurance comfort bike. And in fact, they both had a suspension at both the front and the rear, like an ISO speed decoupler. And what they've worked towards is now removing that to save weight. And the reasoning the engineers at Trek gave was that uh, we built the bike back in the day based on 25 and 28 mil tires. And now the fact that most uh, or all of their Trek uh, Demanes now come specced with 32 mil tires. And that's what a lot of people are now riding. They're, they're like the tire provides so much comfort these days that you don't need to put in two, three, four hundred grams of suspension in the bike. The tire's already doing it. So mm. we're going to see a different a different type of bike being released as well with the new release of uh, the wider tires, which disc brakes are allowed, of course, rim brakes were usually, usually limited to about 28. Uh, Tarek, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yes, yeah, so I think with the kind of, I think especially kind of moving to 28, uh, sorry, wider tires, that's kind of changed the game, but also, as you mentioned, the, basically was that the move to disc brakes as well has meant from an engineering perspective um things can change now we, that we can adapt probably a lot faster i think that there's more innovation now especially in the wheel space which um and i think one of the issues with the trek damani ha having had one of the earlier ones was each generation the weight just got heavier and heavier and i think the last one is actually quite a heavy bike yeah i had, um, uh, I, I had the previous gen slr it was, yes. about, it was a fairly high-spec uh, SLR, um, mm. so SLR being the lightest frame, but it still came to about 8.5, 8.6 mm. uh, kilograms, which for, say, a five, six, seven thousand pound bike, um, yes. I'm not sure that's acceptable, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, and then I think just that simplification process as well, um, these, obviously all these things are just more components as well. And, and I think one of the trends with kind of like... Um, 
tires disc brakes and stuff is maybe other aspects can be simplified i think that the other thing that we've seen on some of the bikes was also uh, with um, quite a lot of the company just moving to um an electronic only as well yeah we've got again yeah. simplification of frames so i think maybe one of the things which we may see is more simplification um as we kind of move across to certain things um so yeah i mean i think i mean i've moved across to wider tires as well and yet you can definitely play a lot more with your tire pressure and stuff and even on quite a stiff frame the the quality of the tire and the and and how big the tires means that you can get a lot more comfort now yeah. um, than say previous a lot of talk of wider tires and bikes allowing wider and wider tires but where does where is the balance struck so I, I still ride 25 sometimes I go into 28 but I, I don't think I'd go much wider unless I was probably going off-road but uh, I, I don't I think, see the thing for 30 mil I guess not yet anyway or 32 I think, I think one of the things is um, so I've got friends as well who've kind of like well we need to be on this I've just said to them try it I think having moved over to having bought a gravel bike last year, um, I think tire choices, suppleness, all this stuff, it, it, it is a lot more involved than say on a road bike. On a road bike, most of us probably just slap on a pair of GP 5000s and get on with it. Whereas, um, yeah, having tried different tires and different brands and encouraged some of my friends. So one of my friends got Trek Damani and he's running on third and he's running on 35s now. Oh, wow. And, okay. On the road, and, yeah? Yeah, on the rear. Yeah, so this is all road riding. And he was like, this is amazing. Um, comfortable um, as fast. He's not noticing it any quick, any slower. Yeah. Um, definitely on when he's looking at Strava stats. Um, but just giving a lot more compliance on the road. Um, so I think that there is a balance to be struck. And I think it, it kind of depends on what you want to do. I would say it's worth trying Um grab a bigger pair try them and i'd probably say most people might be surprised obviously for people who maybe want aerodynamic um gains and maybe racing and stuff maybe there's people are going to stick with 28s maybe 30s max but i think for most people i think moving to a 32 inch tire personally i think you'd probably get the balance of everything um and i don't think that you'd lose a lot personally yeah, I, I guess there's also been a big push for tubeless tyres, but I also feel like there's been a bit of a pushback as well. Um, is it? What's your experience on uh, fitting tubeless for your clients, I guess, and perhaps for yourself as well? Tight, I know you're on uh, tubeless, don't you? But yeah, no, okay. no. Uh, are you are you on tubeless, Junaid? No, me, me no. No, I've, I've had no. Uh, I've had several. Yeah, you're riding 25. I've had to be saved yeah. from the countryside several times because yeah. I've had a complete tubeless failure. So I won't be going okay. back, not anytime soon. Um... <laughs> well, well, can we just? I mean, I think it's worth having a discussion on a separate pod about this because yeah, maybe uh, because I think it's an interesting <laughs> topic because I think everyone's got very different experiences and everyone's had a bad experience as well. That is true. Yeah. Speaking of tubeless, yeah, I ha- yeah, I-, I rode, I rode with a with a mate yesterday, just me and him. Um, yeah, this his tire couldn't seal, and well, well, just me and him, and I'm the mechanic, so I'm gonna have to deal <laughs> with with the yeah. punctured tires, right? So, the, yeah, like I like I mentioned last time, right? <laughs> like, uh, 
like yeah people get a flat they go to the the bike shop and fix it right they don't have to deal with the mess now like i got a flat yeah i'm the bike shop i gotta deal with the mess <laughs> so i'm gonna stick with the cheap for now but yeah anyway like talking about tubeless um like in terms of technology so if you look at like bigger brands like like if you talk to continental you talk to schwabe you talk to victoria um what else um yeah pretty much all the big brands um um no they're not they're not putting any more um r&d or budgets or funding on developing clinches oh everything is on everything's on tubeless nowadays straight up tubeless yeah um, so shall i stock up on gp5000 then is that what you're saying that's right that's right i think you should you should and then yeah um you could probably i don't know make it as the collector's item or something <laughs> back in the day <laughs> back in the day this was the best hours <laughs> i'm still doing that with my rim brake so uh, <laughs> i just joined the long th- list of things that i'm trying to hold on to but anyway uh continuing on trends with uh within the cycling industry i guess um they have it's not been looking good not this year anyway um i guess it follows the general um how do you say the general trend in the world uh general economic economic trend uh so there have been massive job cuts at wahoo uh actually two rounds of job cuts um they were obviously taken over a few years ago um by a fund who just looked to profit out of the company and uh they're making a real hash of it i guess they're they're making losses and yeah second round of job cuts strava have also mentioned job cuts recently uh about 10 15 percent of their staff um outdoor media um a uh you could say uh, a similar podcast and uh news outlet uh they've also mentioned several job cuts so it's not looking good um i'm not sure if you guys noticed the road cc article very recently as well giant um anyone saw the article on giant no, I haven't. I haven't actually. No, no, I haven't seen it. So Giant very recently, although they posted um, higher sales and higher profits than last year, they actually paused payments to suppliers. Uh, although they wouldn't give reasons why, um, it doesn't It doesn't give a positive outlook when one of the biggest bike brands are doing things like that. So, yeah, um, I'm not sure if we're going to see a push next year, but it looks like I think a lot of bike brands overestimated what the pandemic would do for the cycling industry uh they probably i'm guessing oh actually in fact some of this is true they've heavily invested uh imagining that growth would continue uh into 2022 and 23 uh in some sectors i guess it has but i think in others um especially those who heavily invested uh might be feeling the pain right now um and uh, that obviously shows with these job cuts mm. i mean i think it's interesting that i mean, I mean there's been a lot of there's been, i think that there's been a lot of writing in this area as well about also the fact that during the pandemic you couldn't get a part or spares or anything yeah um and it was really hard um i remember i had a nightmare of getting some shram force shifters which took seven months to get um, because they just weren't available and only got them because I, I ended up hounding people <laughs> at the bike shop to try and get them and they eventually sourced one. Um, but now it just seems like, like you said, people have overestimated and now and now we don't have the demand anymore. And there seems to be a lot of spare parts lying around. And like you said, with the companies as well that you mentioned, 
whether people just expected just a lot more and those things haven't come to fruition anymore um and even things like the cost i think that we touched upon the cost of bikes cost of bikes have shot up like you mentioned frame just keep going up um but there are some rumors saying actually is it actually so are we going to drop the prices in a yeah. in a few like in a in a year or so and actually some 2023 bikes which are now on a discount 20 percent yeah. some 30 yeah, yeah. percent it's which, the first time we're seeing uh, discounts which, across the board in a long time right yeah and maybe just because everyone's kind of hyperinflated prices as well and yeah. people are just not buying um those because actually like we've all mentioned even with the Carnaga that we mentioned it's just going to be out of the reach of so many people but actually that price increase is happening right across all the different um types of bikes that you've got whether it's a budget bike or a medium kind of range bike or upper end bike just price is just going to to an extent what some bikes are now 14 15 grand which is yeah. outrageous yeah yeah um yeah i don't think anything's going to change i think there has to be a big shift uh, which i guess we're seeing the beginning of i think it will continue there'll be more losses and perhaps unfortunately brands may go down and uh, we mm. may see uh, a big change but with inflation continuing and the rising labor costs etc out in asia um I'm, I'm not sure where the balance is really yeah no yeah i agree what's the what's the demand like in your store then um is it how, how is it looking out there um um yeah it's pretty slow um uh, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys yeah it's pretty slow um i'm pretty sure um it is too in the uk and i'm definitely certain it's slow in australia uh from uh, uh getting in touch with um, my former shops that i have worked on and um former suppliers that i've got in contact back when i was in australia yeah. um yeah it has um slowed down really uh slowed down so like if, if you're familiar with the bicycle industry it's quite um it's sort of on uh it's sort of when it's um what do you call it? like a like slow like 2019 and then covid literally uh brought bike shops from the dead <laughs> yeah and then everyone just got like yeah whatever just sells everything just sells literally and then and then what happening is exactly like what you guys have mentioned, you know, like people have um, massively invested on like a, on like a, on a factory or manufacturing process or something. Like I remember like the, the, uh, um, like Shimano was literally just opening up another uh, factory to sort of, um, what do you call, uh, meet the demands of the, the this is uh, cycling boom during uh, COVID, and then I remember there was like a nerd alert podcast where they were interviewing uh, SRAM CEO. They have literally during COVID, it's sort of doubled the manufacturing process, right? Now that everything is slowed down, so what do you do with these things, right? And then same with like um uh with my, the the shop I work in, right? So when the twelve speed Shimano came up, yeah, so we ordered like tons, like hundreds. Yeah. Uh, like hundred, a hundred, like one hundred group set, like uh, Altegra group set, one hundred complete group set, and thinking that it might sell, but actually, yeah, there's just like it's just laying there, like no one's buying anything at the moment. Uh, yeah, like um, you've seen some of the news, like uh, people have ordered uh bikes, 
probably customers were ordering um i don't know um a year ago only just showed up and then yeah. now they're not into bicycles anymore yeah. now back, they're back in the gym doing what they were doing previously um yeah it's um it's yeah so it's just it's just um i don't know like really it's just uh hopefully it's just a temporary thing and then eventually people will um uh sort of once they've done what they need to do like massive travel here like everyone's literally traveling in malaysia everyone's just traveling everywhere like a, yeah. a three-day weekend yep travel um yeah traffic jam on the on on the highway on the freeway it's nuts <laughs> so, yeah so yeah I, I don't know it's probably just like during covid um uh, cycling had a boom um yeah and then the airlines the airport and the hospitality hospitality are losing jobs and probably now they're picking up and we're slowing down i guess yeah that's just how well how the world works uh one one minute you're up there and then the next minute you're at the bottom kind of thing so yeah just gotta everyone's just gotta everyone in industry just gotta gotta persevere i suppose at the moment until yeah yeah that brings us to our final topic i guess um we are looking at potentially um a new SRAM SRAM group set. I won't say SRAM red because it could be, I guess, force or rival. I, I, I imagine it won't be rival. Rival was only released very recently, but uh red was released back in 2019. So I guess in many ways we're due an upgrade. And uh, as always uh, within the cycling industry, there's always someone out there testing it. And that means there's someone or a journalist or a fan out there taking a snap of it so uh we've seen only the new shifters um any any other word from it then other than new new shifters being released no i mean the only thing i've seen about it is i mean one of the i'd say one of the general feedbacks um i've off, off, often got about the shram shifters like the force and red is that they're quite big and chunky yeah and bulky I agree. I agree. um and i think um i often have people say well even though the gearing might be better and and the system may be better people just didn't like the shape of them how bulky they were yeah. i think when they came out with the rival and i remember when they came out it was like a, it was like a really big thing because actually they came up with a really nice shifter and and ultimately if you think actually rivals got a better shifter than red on force which is obviously not normally the way and i think yeah. one of the things they needed to do was to up, update that so that's what i think they'll probably end up doing is kind, kind just of just the shifters then or no well, that you think well i think so the so there's the shifters for sure obviously so we've seen some of those um i think also um sharm have been on, on 12 speed for quite a while as well um so yeah. whether there's a, a 13 speed coming that was at these rumors of i don't know that's they've just gone 12 speed like there's everyone with 10 speed they went through a few iterations uh mm. same with 11 speed they went through a few iterations there um it'll be a it'll be massive if they go from 12 to 13 especially if it means new wheel sets and all the other jazz right um well it depends is it's because like the shimano went to 12 but they didn't do it. i mean I, no but I mean, that was after more... 10 plus years of 11 right so yeah i agree so yeah, yeah maybe. but then like Campagnolo didn't didn't have uh, a few iterations of tall speed; they just went straight. Yeah, tall speed. Oh, and but then that was gravel, out. right? That's just the gravel group. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, because they were releasing that yeah. uh, brand new as well, so it made sense, and they went one by only. So I guess that was their unique setting point. Uh, so it made sense to do that, I guess. But 
if, if it means new will sets for taking on 13 speed for SRAM, I think there'll be a lot of angry customers. <laughs> <laughs> I mm. just changed my XDR hubs. Yeah. Now I got to change another hub. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think one of the other things, just carrying on from the SRAM stuff, but also the trend, if I may, is, is um, I think there's that. So there is rumors also about a new Apex group set. Um, oh, okay. An elect and electronics so that's one down from rival yeah um so i think one of the other trends i was thinking about was actually um and it's maybe pushing it too far but but but, but then the trend's definitely there with like the 105 being released this year yeah, yeah it's yeah. just where the wireless is going to become the default shifting system um given the fact that now apex is coming about i've heard it's going to be about seven seven hundred eight hundred pound for an apex group set um don't yeah. quote me on it so actually bringing the price down, obviously with the 105DI2, in my view, a bit of a marketing um, cock up because they in effect whacked on quite a big chunk of price. And it, and then it, it then it's not really the like the like the every man's group set anymore, the 105DI2, because it's still quite expensive. But with SRAM coming up with the Apex and then again, cutting back costs for a new carbon bike, it, I just think maybe electronic shifting, if they can keep making it um, as cheap as they are trying to, then is that something that will just become the de- like the de facto standard? Yeah, I don't think cables are going to go, but I definitely see a trend in more electronic shifting in the next year. That's right. They're going to alienate. I guess they're already doing so, but a large portion of the cycling community because eight hundred pound for a group set, that's still and that's, safe, the, that's the bottom yeah and that's the that's the lowest group set they offer uh so that's gonna i don't know i don't know yeah <laughs> that that makes me wonder right um maybe is it you know but what is the average selling price of a you know a, a bike do you know <sighs> he works in a boutique store so i guess it's yeah maybe, right quite high yeah <laughs> but i think i think like these lower end group sets right like like rarely people buy them like as it is like normally the reason why people get it because it comes with the bike right yeah Yeah. no one actually just buy a one of five group set or buy a SRAM apex group set you know oh yeah that's a that's a nice group so i'm just gonna buy it no people normally just buy like the higher end stuff as a group set so these normal ones i think like what um Tariq mentioned like it's it's probably just trying to bring electronic uh, shifting a little bit more I guess more on the affordable end of the bicycles right like probably your I don't know uh, instead of on the S works it's probably going to come on the specialized SL7 um, you know just to bring the the prices down you get electronic shifting you know it goes beep bop yeah, you know right? how it like, works is it it's, it's going to be like today four thousand pound you get rival access uh, next year it'll be four thousand pounds still but you'll get uh, apex access so, apex, yeah, that's so right. they're not making yeah. it cheaper they're just they're just mugging us off really that's true actually yeah from a from viewing it from that perspective <laughs> but i think there's, there's a fair point though what, what, what Tarek mentioned because last i've spoken to to to, to sram in in sram australia um yeah that's that's where they're going they're not spending any more r d they're not spending on any more money on making any more mechanical group sets so potentially yeah potentially that's where it's going but mm-hmm. I doubt that's what they're writing <laughs> on on the on what we've seen on the cycling cycling medias out there. Uh, it's probably any of the red versions. Like it's it has carbon levers and and stuff. 
Yeah. Um, it could be a, a few things. Um, maybe 13 speeds. I don't know. That's the obvious thing, right? New group set, new extra cog. That's like given, right? Okay. Shimano's going to come in a new group set. Let's hope it's 12 speed. Ah, it's 11 speed. Let's come with this 12 speed. Yeah, it's going to come with 12 speed. So I think that's probably like, um, because like, it, who writes RAM? Tariq, you write RAMs? Yes, you write RAMs? Well, yeah, I write so, both, but, but I do write SRAM. Yeah. yeah like, uh, I think like the, uh, like the SRAM gearing, they, they they're wide, but I think the gap's kind of a little bit too too big, don't you think so? Like the gap between the the two, if you're running like those ten thirty three iteration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean yeah, I know. So... I'm. I mean I probably prefer my Shimano gearing now, having ridden both of them for quite a long time. Um, I I probably still opt for a, a Shimano over a SRAM, but there are certain things I like about the SRAM. Maybe just the simplicity once it's on. That's true. Um, and, yeah. and and maybe again I think Shimano caught up this year but previously you needed like the little Bluetooth thing extra which most people don't put on and then you don't know what your gearing are, you can't adjust stuff using yeah. the app, whereas obviously Shimano now caught up, well I think and then SRAM have got like a really nice app as well I, I just think SRAM took a more um, kind of customer and user focus and Shimano took like an engineering focused approach to the whole problem um, but yeah I mean I do think Obviously, things are catching up between the two of them. Um, but given the two, I always prefer a, a Shimano shift. Yeah. Like, I think they, they probably maintain the 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 whatever iteration they have, like 1033 or 1028 or whatever. And then if they ever go to 13 speed, they probably just close it and make the range a little bit closer, like the gap between the, the sprockets a little bit. A little bit closer but i i personally like the like the wider range right you have super hard gears and super easy gears in most group sets but i think by making it 13 speeds they're probably um gonna gonna uh, maintain the iteration like 1033 and then just add another cog so that it's it, 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 yeah the jump is not yeah, too big it, yeah i mean I th when i was looking at a gravel group set um and i ended up going for a shram eagle at the back um oh, and, yeah, a, and a one by, yeah with the <laughs> mullet set up but when i was looking at them obviously you spend hours reading every review you can um but actually the 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 ekar setup the ekar gearing most people have said was the best one in terms of you had the smaller shifts um in the harder gear and then obviously it's bigger you went to the bigger um cogs obviously then it's wider spacing but actually but again maybe compact Donald just had a better um just just made a better decision obviously having that extra cog in there as well probably helped them as well to close the gaps on one end and keep them wider at the other end when you don't need the gaps as as close if that makes sense yeah so maybe yeah so maybe the extra cog yeah i mean i think the i think they'll be the new um shifters but i think we might be in separate in for a surprise as well from sure yeah. yeah or maybe they all all they do is just updating the shifter, right? Um Yeah, it like could if, be. Like you said, it's, yeah. it's it's bigger, it's too big, right? The SRAM red and I agree. Like when this when I when I when the first when I had my my hand on the on the arrival when it released, <laughs> oh this is so much nicer yeah. <laughs> compared to the force and red. The the other thing is SRAM is also known for doing these ninja updates as well with the group sets, right? So if I remember um when SRAM Red Axis came out, um eventually, I think a year a year or so after, they actually changed the uh the hydraulic uh disc brakes as well. Um they made the yeah, pads that's right. the caliper, wider, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they made some slight ninja updates that they never told anyone about. 
but when That's they were right. pressed by cycling tips i think uh, eventually they did say oh yeah we did update this bit but we didn't tell anyone but yeah it's supposed to give a bit more pad clearance and a bit of bit of better braking uh feel i guess something like that so it is possible that it might be um mm. you know a ninja update but yeah considering it's uh, being shown on a lot of spy shots on some gravel bikes it might be yeah a small but meaningful upgrade yeah Mm. same with like the 11 speed ones like if you like google like etap um 11 speed uh rear derailleur they just yeah they change the whole thing like they look completely different almost like the 12 speed axs yeah mm. it's true it's true yeah but yeah so i had a question for is actually so one of the things that just on the call now going and, and again just seeing if there's a trend is obviously was that we mentioned about um integrated cockpits um yeah, so yeah. integrated cockpit l- looks great um and i bought one a couple of years ago um and yeah so they're really so they look nice they look neat maybe they've got an error advantage but as a consumer it's a real pain in the neck and an expensive um hobby to change your headsets because uh, you often have to take off the tape which means you lose your tape you, someone has to disconnect your brakes and and just to get to your headsets for example um so the one thing i liked about the conago was that they had the ceramic speed slt headsets which i believe yep. you can tell me otherwise but i believe those require much less some maintenance um, than say a normal one so i've been through maybe two or three headsets but each time for me i mean i'm not saying that i don't like the integrated look but actually every time i change it it's a significant bill now just because right. there's so many things to do to, to to kind of get to one little part which cost me like 10 15 pound but actually each bill cost me significantly more than that um but yeah i just wondered what your thoughts are on like the kind of slt headset the, that the, ceramic speed the, are the putting into colnago yeah i mean uh well i've i've seen one died <laughs> i've seen one died before on uh factor ostro uh that came with the ceramic speed slt it's not i mean um you, you still got to maintain it um as in like um sending it for service and anything basically all all servicing does is like it, it opens opens it up um give it a good clean and then just um uh, pack the whole setup with new grease and everything as long as you keep on top of that i think i think it will last a long long time compared to your standard uh standard headset bearings uh, because like a normal steel headset brings the, the problem with Malaysia is like people sweat a lot here because the humidity is yeah is through the roof it rains a lot here yeah it's next level like yeah it's like um yeah I just, I just don't know how to describe it you probably never experienced it in the UK it's like okay imagine uh, like a like a 35 38 degree weather with 80 percent humidity that is not we uh, can't comfortable. We can't. We, do, we don't. Have <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You probably have to come here to experience it. <laughs> but, but yeah, it is. People just sweat a lot. Like people, like literally, don't just kill headset bearings. People literally just because they they hand sweat so much, and yeah, they yeah, there's like uh, the if you if you pe- <laughs> if they're one of those customers that don't keep on top of their bicycles, if you peel off their rubber hoods on the shifters. Yeah, you see, yeah, looks like a, like a proper salt factory inside there. <laughs> so, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, you can smell it too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unpleasant. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, this, yeah, and then you 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 just yeah, you're just like um, preparing yourself of the the after what do you call 
um yeah the, the the smell that you're about to face when you're about to unwrap the bar tape oh, just, you know, yeah yeah you might just tell them to throw away the bike and buy a new one at that point i would say <laughs> yeah right that's it like literally because they sweat so much and then it just goes inside the shifter and then it just wrecks the shifter for some reason and then the, the shifter just just no more brakes like the lever the brake lever because the sweat gets in there and then yeah just killed the shifter yeah, just, yeah, that kind of stuff like we see here because people sweat so much. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll move on to the final topic or final dis- point of discussion, which is the again, it's a, another spy shot, but this time of a new Cannondale Super Six. So I think Ronan McLaughlin uh, from Cycling Tips uh, broke cover on this. Um, at first glance, it looks pretty much the same as the previous uh, gen. However, um, at uh, in more detail, it does look a bit, a bit more aero. Uh, the seat seat tube angles are, or rather, the seat depth, uh, seat depth, the tube depth is a lot steeper. Um, yeah, yeah. Did did you did you see this? Is it? Yeah, yeah. I saw that as well. Like I was watching, I think on a on a tweet by Andrea Amador. I think she okay, was writing it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he was wearing an Ineos kit with a EF colored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's EF colored Cannondale. Um, yeah, uh, I saw that. Um, slightly, slightly different design on the fork. Uh, where it doesn't sort of like the current ones kind of like merge into the frame a little bit at the bottom of the fork, whereas this new one doesn't. Um, and then the the seat tube is a little bit more deeper. Um, as in more aero, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then has I think from that like video quality, I think I, I I'm assuming there's a little bit of that uh, uh what do you call it seat tube cut out to make room for the for the for the rear wheel. I assume bringing in the rear wheel a little bit closer yeah. towards the towards the bottom bracket towards the seat tube. Um, yeah, there'd be I think probably like, because I think uh like the current ones that the wheelbase is is quite long. Like if you compare it to something like a Tarmac SL7, it's a little bit um. Uh, a little bit longer wheelbase, which makes riding quite comfortable on the S, uh, the Super Six Evo. Yeah. But in terms of handling and in terms of like snappiness, it's it's a little bit lacking on that. Um, because of the the bigger wheelbase, I think that's probably that's what they they're trying to improve, like bringing it in a little bit closer and then trying to smoothen out the 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 airflow that comes towards the the back of the bike by hiding uh, the rear wheel. Um. It's just like a common feature of, on on aero frames, yeah. And then I don't know, probably trying to uh, shave a little bit more weight. Obviously, Super Six Evo. I mean, they're light, but they're not light, light like no, Ethos. Not, not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, like yeah, you got the light ones. I saw you yeah. in, in, your, in your garage. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, you you had the good ones. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably trying to shave some weight on the fork, I suppose. Yeah, I guess um, with Cannondale, it's trying to i guess all the bikes are looking the same now um <laughs> it's, it's you know what it, i mean like uh, obviously the madone they they went out the box a little bit but everyone else even the new colnago um this is what Tarek mentioned right they they're trying to find 
um, watts in different places. So the, he mentioned the handlebars that that takes up. Uh, they're, they're providing handlebars these days. So I guess that helps them bolster their claims. Oh, we've saved seven watts, but that's because previously you didn't provide a handlebar or an, an aero one, and now you're providing an aero one. You know, uh, and, and that's true with the Konago as well. They you, you pay five and a half grand or whatever for the frame, but you don't just get the frame; you get the handlebars as well. So. Yes, um, that's yeah. the state of cycling industry currently, or the top end cycling industry. I I still stick to the old school stuff. But that's just yeah. me. I mean, I think one of the things, yeah, I think just to follow on, is more and more manufacturers, are like bike manufacturers, um, are starting to just build their own system now, whether it's the seat post the handlebars uh, or, 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 or like the integrated cockpit. So they're coming up with everything. Obviously, historically, you'd get the frame and then you'd use other people's stuff. But I think we're definitely seeing more and more people doing that. I think the other thing for me is, is are we getting to a stage now where actually the gains are so small? Because, as I mean, we've talked about two or three bikes now on the show where actually we pretty much said, well, it looks like the same bike, but they've changed the handlebar. <laughs> And and like I did a grand on top of the price, so I mean, are we getting to a point now where the road bikes reached where it needs to be within the within the confines of what the UCI provide? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. like with the S5 recently and a couple of the aero bikes, it's UCI changed its rules recently. They've kind of come up with like um, some updates. But you wouldn't say like the radical updates to anything. I mean, they've created a few simplify. I think people are either simplifying what they've already got, um, looking at other bits rather than just the frame, like the handlebars, um, and then yeah, just looking for smaller changes. Now it doesn't seem to be like we're making any big big changes anymore. Yeah, but uh, UCI did recently allow a slight change we haven't seen it take off maybe in a year or two with the new releases we might see uh brands taking advantage but you're right um there's small iterations now um but people need to churn things out otherwise uh they'll get fired very quickly so <laughs> we're going to see cannondale specialized trek all all pushing new bikes and obviously they're going to claim and say oh this is the one you need now because it's one watt faster but they won't say that. They'll just uh, provide a new ethos or uh, something similar and say, oh, yeah, you need a fun fun bike now. Forget all the things we've been telling you for the last 20 years. Uh, you don't need aero. You don't need lightweight. Um, or rather, you do need lightweight. And uh, you need a fun <laughs> bike, right? Um, yeah, I yeah. Think we're going to see more of that going forward. And uh, yeah, uh, on that, I think that brings an end to our show. And uh, we'll see you guys again in a few weeks, guys. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, cheers. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Take care. Thank Slow you.